a lot of fun. I, I got to say that we were throwing hail at the Pharaoh. We were bugs that we were doing all. We were tromping around here in the wilderness and drinking bitter water and throwing sticks. And it was, it was just a wild, a really, really good, a really good time. And um, as you saw, the, free, the whole theme of this whole thing was God is good. And I don't know about you, but oftentimes I think we, we hear that phrase, God is good, or sometimes we say God is good. Uh, for example, we hear it or we, we say it um, when something we're sure something bad is going to happen. I know something, this is going to turn out terrible. And then, oh my gosh, things just turn out really good and they go, okay, you know, and then we, sometimes we say, oh, God is good. We say it and things like that. Or there's other times where things just work out for us really well or for someone we know really well, like a son or a daughter gets into the college or the university they wanted to get into, or we get that promotion or uh, simply, something as simple as getting through the week or even the day with our sanity. And sometimes we, we go, oh, God is good. These are all these types of things when we think about and we'll say God is good. And although God's goodness uh, happens when things are significant, when significant things happen, the truth is, though, that God's goodness exists in abundance all around us. Every day, every minute, actually, every, and the smallest little things that are going on in our day. And I think it's easy for us uh, to forget that. I mean, for example, every single day that you and I wake up is proof of God's goodness. I think we, don't we take that for granted? Because usually we wake up and go, oh, you know, I do at least. <laughs> I hate getting out of my favorite place in the world, my bed. <laughs> You know, as I don't, a lot of times I don't think that. I remember years and years ago, I started to have to tweak my thinking and started to say, I have to tell myself, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I'll be, I mean, I had to be glad it. I had to tell myself that because it wasn't my natural thing um, to think of. But it's found everywhere, all around us. Um, think it, when we wake up in the morning, really it's just another, not just another day of life, but really it's another day that God has given us the opportunity to live out our calling, to live out our mission that he has for each of us. He's given us that opportunity. And for, for the follower of Jesus, what that means is to become more and more like him. And what also to help others become more and more like him. And we get that every day. We get a chance to do that every single day. God's, God's goodness is found in the beauty and the, the majesty and the, the complexity and the mystery of his creation. Think about this creation. I mean, living here in Pacifica, if you don't live in Pacifica, you're missing out. I, <laughs> I've only lived here for two and a half years, and I'm just still constantly in awe of how beautiful it is here and how it reminds me. I'll see that sunset over the water, and I just think how beautiful and amazing and, and complex uh, God is in the ocean and in the mountains. And, and I look up in the space. I look at the plants and all these things that just show how God good, how good God is, the complexities of the human body. Think about that. I don't know about you, but I'm more, I'm more prone to complain about my body than I am about how to think how good God is about how he created our bodies. It's amazing. And, how, and what about the, 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 the joy? What about the, the joy that is found in these, in the deep joy that's found in the relationships that we get to have with friends and family? That's a sign of God's goodness. 
We should be thanking God. We should be able to say, God, you are good when we see all these things happen. As we looked at with the kids this week in the Bible, we looked at all these different Bible verses that were great verses that had to do with this. In the book of James, James says this, for every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. God never changes. He's always good. Always good. You're thinking, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Rob, you don't know what I'm going through right now. You don't know what's going on in my health, with my family, with my marriage, with my kids. You just don't know. Here's the beauty that we can trust in. God is always good. And it was drilled. You heard the kids even. They naturally knew to say when all those different phrases came up, God is good. God is good. And pretty, they were just yelling that all week long because it's so true. And this phrase, Father of Lights, what it refers to is how God really embodies everything that is good and right. Things like honesty and purity and wisdom and love and integrity and, and loyalty and honor and compassion. This is who God is, this Father of Lights. And God get, desires to give us good things that are embodied in that list of attributes I just mentioned there, including forgiveness and grace, and mercy. God is a, he is a good God. So the theme, as you've picked up for Vacation Bible Camp, was God is good. And what we looked at, what you saw in these songs and the, and the things they looked at, that the Bible tells us that when life is unfair, when life is scary, yeah, God, see, one of our leaders already is in their head, and God is, you know, they wake up in the middle of the night, God is good, whoa. <laughs> When life is scary, when there are changes, when life is sad, and when life is good, God is good. And we looked at that throughout this whole thing. One another of the other key verses that the children focused on this week was Psalm 106.1. Great verse. It says, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Now, this phrase, steadfast love, refers to what it refers to really is God's unconditional, extravagant, and enduring, loving kindness towards those who are His. That's what loving kindness is. We, and we see this first, it, the first time it really ever shows up is back in the Old Testament. We see it that with this covenantal or this binding relationship that God has with His people, the Israelites. Okay, no matter, and, and here's, here's the awesome thing, no matter how the Israelites rebelled, no matter how they strayed, and boy, did they, did they ever, God never stopped loving them. He never, the, the, really what this, the steadfastness has a sense of letting, never letting go. He never loosened his, that loving kindness, it, the grip was never lost, and he never loosened it at all for his people. His love was never conditional. It was completely unconditional. Now, this doesn't mean that God wasn't never displeased with them or didn't allow them to experience the consequences of their rebellion. Yet the Bible tells us that he never forsook his chosen people. And it's the same for us today. For those of us that put our faith in Jesus because of his sacrifice on the cross for our sins, we can enter into this same covenantal or this same binding relationship with God that is centered or it's based on his unconditional loving 
kindness towards us. Could you imagine how this could change our, pro- our perspective on times, especially when life is getting hard? But on every day, if our focus is on God's loving kindness towards us, I know where my weak points are. I struggle with people's approval. I want people to like me. I know no one else's struggles with that, but that's my thing. I, I, I want people to approve of what I do. I, get, I, I can get stuck in a performance trap and worry what other people think. Just think how, though, and this is what I've been doing, is not trying to get over that by thinking positive thoughts or just working harder. Really, the answer to that for me has been, and to help me with that, that I'll be working on to the day I die, is constantly telling myself, God is good. He is good, and he loves me no matter what. No matter how I perform, no matter what anybody thinks about me. And that is very reassuring. Another one of the key verses, you heard the kids uh, recite that is Nahum. I'm sure everybody hangs out in the book of Nahum. Uh, Nahum 1.7 says this, the Lord is good, a stronghold. I love that. A stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows, he, he knows those who take refuge in him. See, what this means is that we can trust that God will always be a safe place for us. Isn't that what we all long for? Especially if you're you're a child, but we always long for a safe place. And as God's kids, we're always, always under his divine, loving protection, no matter how far out of control gets. You ever feel like you just want to go, God, where are you? Where are you in this situation? It just keeps going. This is God is a stronghold. That means we are protected by him. Nothing can get to us. Nothing that he doesn't allow for our good and for his glory. Nothing. That's reassuring when life goes sideways, isn't it? Because life goes sideways a lot. That's why that's such good news. And we see that God even invites us to fully experience this protective goodness. Here's another one of the verses the kids had. I love this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes, here we go again, takes refuge in him. I love that. I love what he's talking about. Taste and see. To, what is it? You know what it is to taste something? You ever go somewhere and get a sample, those little tiny little plastic spoons, you know? That's what to taste means to take a little bite or a little bit of sample of something. And to, to, uh, un- to see means to understand something. So to, to taste and see literally means to, to taste and see that God is good means that we fully experience his goodness. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's basically like, it's like taking a bite. And fully, that's not bad. And taking, bargain market, taking a bite and fully experiencing. I'm experiencing this apple. I can feel it going down my throat. I'm tasting it. I'm enjoying it. That's what the taste and see means. God's saying, come, come. I, want, I, don't, I don't want to just tell you about it. I don't want you to just learn about it. I want you to experience, taste it. See it. Understand how good I am and how satisfying. That was, that's a satisfying apple. 
God wants us to know how satisfying that he is. And you know, you know how we do this, really? We do this by, by trusting and leaning into him and, and into his kindness, and especially when we are in need and when life goes sideways. That's when we experience God's goodness. We, so often we think that I'll experience God's goodness when he, gets, when, when he gives me this, when he answers my prayer this way, when he does what seems to make a whole lot of sense then God is good, right? That's how we think. But God is so much bigger than us, so much his ways are not our ways, the Bible says. He knows what is good for us. So when life gets scary and out of control and there's changes and we don't like all that stuff, we need to remember that God is good. Always, he is good. Yet, I think what happens a lot of times is we don't necessarily um, believe that, and, and, uh, and, it, and, it's, and it shows sometimes in how we, in how we act. But before I, I, before we, I, I want to get into a little bit about how we respond to that, but really, ultimately, how God shows His goodness, the ultimate way that God shows His good in his, is what we've been talking about already, in His plan to redeem us from sin. That's where God shows His goodness. And we see it in all these other ways. But he really shows us in what he did to restore us. What that means is to, to restore us to a right relationship with himself. This is what we call, you guys, that's the gospel. The gospel is good news. It means good news. It means the good news. It's good news that, that Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins so that we could have this intimate relationship with God which includes this unconditional love. What an incredible message we have, an incredible message. I've been reading a bunch lately about Christianity and what it, what's happening to it in the world and how more and more we're living in a post-Christian society where especially places like Europe, Western Europe, uh, there, there's the, nothing wanting to have anything to do with, with God, especially when it comes to having a relationship with God. So really what that does in many ways, that puts those of us that do follow Jesus really in the margins, doesn't it? Because you would think, wait, if this is such good news, why are we in such a small room with only about 75 people? If this is so awesome, it's because we, all str we struggle with this, this concept so much. Because it's not just believing information, it's having faith that the God who loves us unconditionally Send his son to die. That just seems crazy. It doesn't make sense. That doesn't fit well on a flow chart. That's not a good startup plan at all. That's terrible. But it's great news. It's phenomenal news because of our, we fall so short of how incredibly holy and wonderful he is. We can't approach him. So instead of us paying the price for our sin, he sent his son. That's amazing. That is truly amazing. God desires for each of us to have this. Second Peter, another verse that was for the kids, 3.9 says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some would count slowness. We think, come on, God, what's going on? But he's patient towards us, not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should reach repentance. He's got a plan. He wants all people to come to him. He wants you. If you do not have an intimate relationship with him, he wants you to. He doesn't want you to have religion. But he wants you to have an intimate relationship with him. 
Because see, this truly loving God brought salvation into the world by coming into the world and by dying and rising from the dead. Salvation is free. See, that makes no sense to people. It makes no sense. It's free? I don't have to do anything? Oh, no, I've got to do something. I got, there's got to be something on my part I got to do. I mean, I got to give up something, right? I got to start, you know, I got to live in more pain or something, right? There's got to be something I got to do. But this gift of salvation is absolutely incredibly free and available to all. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazingly good news? Yeah. yeah thank you. <laughs> it is. Now, obviously we do have to give up something and that is ourself. We give up my, our desires to be on the throne of our life. Because even though we know in our heads, most of it, that God is good, oftentimes the reality is when life goes sideways, one of the first things we do is what? We question God's goodness, right? We go right to that. We question, how could God be so good and all this junk is happening, not only to me, but everywhere? We don't, usually, we don't admit it, though. We usually don't admit that we are questioning God's goodness. Yet oftentimes how we respond to life when it is unfair or when it is sad or when there are changes actually clearly demonstrates that we do, that we do, that we are doubting that he is good. We panic, right? We become anxious. We doubt. We live in fear. We become angry or bitter. Can anybody relate to this? Golly, yes, that's what we do. I know I do. Yet here's the deal. As we become more and more aware of how good God truly is, what happens when we begin to experience these feelings less and less? Do you see how that works? More of understanding how good God is, less fear, less anxiety, less worry. That's how it works. Now, not, we're never going to be totally free this side of heaven, but we sure can get closer and closer and closer. So how do you, let me close with this. How do, you, how do we maintain this mindset? How do we keep this mindset that God is good, especially when life goes sideways and things aren't, are unfair and they're sad and all these different things ha happen? How do we do that? Well, we tell ourselves the truth. We tell ourselves the truth over and over. We tell ourselves the truth about God that is found in his word. I think so many people, including us Christians, so often we do not run to God's word first, right? We run to what makes sense. We run to our old patterns of behavior. We run to, oh my gosh, how, how can I deal with this? Or, or we deal to bitterness or anger. Or only if they would, then I would. If that would change, then I would. We run to those things, right? Instead of running to, wait a second, I got to start at square one. God is good. Therefore, <laughs> he's in the midst of this. He's in the midst of this. I, it's my role just to, to cling to him to draw near to him. I love Psalm 39, 19, one of the, another one of the verses that was a part of what we were talking about. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you. This is the psalmist talking, talking to God. That you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in, you, refuge in here. He's saying how wonderful, how good it is that you give things to people when fear doesn't mean like, ah, fear means, oh my God, ah. This jaw-dropping awe, how good it is that God wants to give good things. You know, so often we don't experience God's goodness because we don't fear him. 
We don't experience his, the safety of that refuge of who he is because we're not willing to say, whoa, you're all I need. You're my protection. You're my rock. You're my fortress. Instead, what do we do? I know I do. We go, how can I figure this out? Oh, I, I, you know what? Square one, worry. Okay? Then panic. <laughs> be, then be anxious. Oh, wait. The God piece. Right? Isn't that so often what we do? But the truth of God, the truth of who God is that is in his, in his word needs to be the place we go regularly. That's why you've been hearing me harping the last couple months as we've gone through this series on the Ten Commandments. You've been hearing me talking about how much we need to be in God's word and how much we need to be with other believers sharing life with them so that they can help us remember that and remind us. I need reminding from you. I'm the pastor, but I need reminding from you of how good God is. I do. I desperately need that. I need you. We need each other desperately. Because the truth is, no matter what we are experiencing in life, whether it's unfair or scary or changes, all that, God is good all the time. And here's what I want to do. I want to encourage those of you who might be in this room. I want to encourage you. If you are a follower of Jesus, and you know that 100%, I want to encourage you to find a way that you can remind yourself on a daily, well, no, let's talk about more than daily, on a regular t- basis during the day to remind yourself that God is good. And it's probably going to mean memorizing some scripture, having it posted different places, definitely spending time in God's word. I want to encourage you to do that. And then get with someone else that's doing that too. Super important. Also want to encourage you that if you don't know this good, good God that we've been talking about, if you do not know him personally, to do so really requires a very simple thing. You confess your need for the saving work of Jesus Christ and invite him to be the Lord of your life. There's a great verse in the Bible, Romans 10, 9, talked about that this morning, says this, if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from the sin that just holds us so captive, and from not remembering that God is good. We're going to enter into now, we're going to enter into a time of taking communion, and if you're new with us, Oh, here's what we do this. We do this every week. And what communion is, communion, Robin's going to come on up and, and, uh, and play on the piano a little bit. Communion is for those, of, for those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. All that commun- communion is simply an outward sign. Just like baptism is an outward sign of us being, uh, being uh, with Christ and um, I'm lost for the word, but being recognized with Christ in his death and giving our lives. Communion is a constant thing that reminds us of what Jesus did, that he died on the cross, that he shed his blood for our sin. And when we take it, we're just simply reminding ourselves because we're told to do this in in scripture. Jesus says, do this as often as you eat and often as you drink in remembrance of me. He did this at the last supper. He took the bread and he took the juice or the wine back then in their case. So if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you during this time. If you're not, don't, don't, you know, don't sweat. Or if you're just feeling like you shouldn't, shouldn't be taking it today, this is a time to just be with God 
and to just, and if you had anything, you got to want to confess. If, they're, if you just haven't told God, and you're, God, you're so good, this is the time to do that. And how, the way we do this is you just, come, while the music's playing, you can just come on up, get a cup, get a cracker. You can take it here, take it back to your seat. The main thing is just to you time, spend some time with God, and then we'll close with a song. We'll also be having some people up here um, praying over here. I think my wife is one of those people, and someone else will be over here. If you want some prayer, and I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to get, let, let people pray for you. I remember I came up the, a couple weeks ago and asked Joe and Joe to pray for me because I just, I had talked about the tongue, and I said, would you guys just pray for my tongue? And they just prayed such beautiful, beautiful prayers over me that I, I just, it was so encouraging for me to hear that. So I'm going to encourage you. You don't have to, but if you'd like to do that, that resource is available. Let's just take these next few minutes and just be with the Lord, okay?